Um, I'm excited to share a little bit with you tonight. And uh, the title of my message is Sharing Like Jesus. Sharing your faith specifically like Jesus. You know, um, the Bible says that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. That is, he is the one that is in the beginning and he is also the one that finishes our faith. And Jesus, while he was on earth, he was on purpose and he was doing specific things for specific reasons. And a lot of things that Jesus did, he modeled for us. And so I believe that there are a lot of things that God has called us to do, but not only to do it, but to do it like Jesus. And I believe that, that Jesus had uh, the eternal goal in mind as he was walking about and about his father's business. And uh, tonight I really want to just share a practical word and just remind you and stir you up uh, about how and the importance of sharing your faith. And so uh, Romans 10, 14, it says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Uh, if you're like me, I'm like, God, you can do anything. Uh, why can't you just open up the heavens, peek your head in, and just say, hey, everybody, I'm God, I exist. Uh, go ahead and bow down to me and worship me. Like, don't you think that would be really easy for God to do that? I mean, he is completely able. He's completely capable to do that. He is all-powerful. He can, he can express himself in, in such a mighty way that no one can deny that God is real and that what he says is true. But yet God chooses to bring the message of good news and the message of the gospel through people. He says, how is it that they can hear this unless somebody speaks about this? And how is it that someone's going to speak about this unless somebody is sent? And so this is, this is God's plan is that, that we are called. If, if you have Jesus in your heart, if you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, the message that's inside of you is not intended to just stay inside of you forever. The message that's inside of you and what God has done for you is intended so that you can share it and, and, and impact somebody for the kingdom of God. 1 Corinthians 1.21 says, For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, but it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. Uh, it doesn't say that it pleased God to uh, preach the, uh, a foolish message. It's, but he says it is through the foolishness of the message of Jesus Christ. And, and, and Jesus has chose this for, for the world. This is like not really a, 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 an amazing thing. It isn't really logical. It isn't something that you can put your finger on. It is foolish when it comes to what we're doing in terms of how the world would define our faith and our intention to share Jesus. But what I want, what I want to share tonight is that God is so concerned and it is so about bringing this message to this world. This is God's number one heartbeat. This is God's number one desire is that you would know Jesus and that once you do know Jesus, you start to grow, you start to get baptized, you start to be used by God only to go back to number one. I mean, the reason we grow, the reason we are here tonight, the reason th there are benefits to that, like we're going to be blessed, 
You know, if you do things God's way and you learn to do to, uh, what God says and you apply that to your life, you're going to be blessed. Your family's going to be blessed. Your future's going to be blessed. You're going to have biblical success in your life. But you could miss it if you don't go back to number one and understand that the reason you are here tonight, the reason God is working in your life is so that you can go turn around and do something to someone else that God was able to do to you through somebody else. It is, it, is, it is to come back and to return to the main thing. So here's just a few things tonight if you're taking notes. Uh, and if you're not taking notes, that I want to share with you as, as in concerning share, uh, sharing like Jesus. Number one is this. Sharing starts with caring. It's very practical. Sharing starts with caring. John chapter 4, verse 3, uh, it says, He left Judea, talking about Jesus, and he departed again for Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria. I'm just going to pause there real quick because really Jesus didn't have to pass through Samaria. In fact, the religious leaders in this time and a lot of the Jews would not go through Samaria on purpose. They would go the long route because in this time there was a, a conflict between the Samaritans and the Jews. And the little history behind that is that the Samaritans were kind of a result of some foreigners that intermarried with Jewish people. And so the Jewish people didn't really see them as true Jewish people. And in this time, they felt like the gospel was only intended for them and nobody else. And so the Jewish people worshipped well. The Samaritans didn't. The Jewish people knew God. The Samaritans didn't. And the Samaritans thought they did, and that didn't really vibe well with the Jews. And so what would happen if you had to go from A to B, and Samaria is in the way, they would go the long route. But yet the Bible says that Jesus had to go through Samaria. And I believe that the had to here is really a spiritual purpose rather than a natural purpose. It says that he had to. And so it says, uh, so he came to a town, this mayor called Sikar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. And it was about the sixth hour, and we believe that's about noontime. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Now, that's, that's the history there. It's, it, there's this shock, like, what are you doing here, number one, because you should probably go on the, be going the long route. Number two, what are you doing talking to me? Like, what, what, is, the, what, is, the, what is this whole purpose about? And I, I believe that Jesus was on a mission, and there were some cultural boundaries. There were some social boundaries. There were some religious boundaries. There were even some racial boundaries that were there that Jesus was able to cross Simply because he cared. When you care about somebody, it really doesn't matter what the race is. I mean, th th this whole thing with racism isn't a new thing that the devil's trying to do. This has been biblical times with trying to divide people, with trying to uh, make people feel superior or inferior than others. But the thing that can break that, the thing that can allow you to really 
keep the most important thing. The most important thing is to truly care and, and have an eternal uh, burden on what people in their condition are that you have encountered with in your, in your world. And so uh, they were so different. When you look at this, Jesus is a man and she is a woman right there. I mean, that's enough for Jesus not to even talk with her. Uh, Jesus is a Jew, he's a Jewish rabbi even, and she is a Samaritan. That's enough for him to not even talk with her. There are so many differences, but yet Jesus doesn't allow not even one of those differences and one of those excuses for him to engage in a conversation with this woman. You know, there's, I think there's older people that feel so different than the younger people and they might think that they cannot relate, but you know what? The, the truth is that if you care for that person, it doesn't matter the age gap. It doesn't matter if this person, you know, is from a rougher part of the city and you grew up in the suburbs. That really doesn't have anything to do with you stopping and, and, and stopping you from allowing God to use you to share something eternal with that person. Jesus cared about this woman. He, he, he was able to, to talk with this woman. I want you to notice that in this story, we're going we're gonna to go down the story, but even in this, you can already tell that this is not a monologue, that this is a dialogue. Like right now, tonight, I'm speaking to you up here, and, and this is a monologue. You know, the only thing you, you can say is amen, preach it, Pastor Daniel, do your thing, or, 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 or something like that. But really, this is a monologue, but... When, when, when you are sharing your faith, by the way, most of the time, it's going to be on a day-to-day -day basis doing everyday things. There are people who are called to be evangelists, and they are called to do uh, specific things to, to a group of people, but not everybody is called to be an evangelist. But everyone is called to share and to testify of what Jesus has done for them. And so the evangelist is going to take this platform most of the time, and it's going to be this, you know, monologue of what Jesus has to say to the people listening. But when you're sharing your faith, it's not so much a monologue. It is a dialogue. It is a conversation. And this conversation is birthed out of you caring for that person. It is to say that you truly care about them. And if you truly care about somebody, then you care about what they have to say. You, you, you listen, you say this in your heart, I want to know what you think, and I want to know what you know and why. Uh, you know, it's, it's really not an effective thing. You, you can be studied, you can have uh, scripture that's memorized, you can know some Greek, you can know some things about apologetics and how to defend the faith. And you can be ready. You can be passionate. You can be like, I'm going to go tell somebody about Jesus because I know all about Jesus and I have something to say. But if you don't care, chances are you're not going to really have much time to listen to that person and to hear that person out and to create a conversation with that person that can lead to something like a decision of following Jesus or a decision of changing their life that would point them the right way. You know, I think personally it's an ugly thing when we try to share the gospel from a place of arrogance and pride. From a place to say, I know and you don't know, so you should just hear what I have to say. If we're going to share our faith like Jesus, then we have to engage in conversation. We have to be willing 
to care about the person enough that we're talking with, to be able to say, I really do care about what you have to say. I love this quote. It's a common quote where it says, people don't care about how much you know until they know about how much you care. And I think that's such a true statement. I think that when you uh, are able to bridge a gap and, and you might have something in common and you know you have an eternal purpose, you know that you're on a mission from God, and they might not know that, but you're able to engage in a conversation with them that's going to lead them to that. It was the fact that Jesus cared that led him to this place in the first place. He could have taken a longer route. And it was because Jesus cared that he listened to her and he had a conversation with this woman. So the first thing, again, very practical, is that sharing starts with caring. It is very important. We have to have this in our hearts. The second thing is this, let God lead. It's super important when it comes to sharing your faith with other people. What do I mean by that? I mean being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Being sensitive to what God has to say. Uh, John 4, 16. Uh, make sure I have this in the right order here. 16, 19. It says, Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands. And the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. Now, Jesus was on this earth, but yet being Jesus, Jesus still had to exercise his faith. While Jesus was on earth, he still had to submit to God. While Jesus was on earth, he still had to be sensitive to what the Father was saying to him. He still had to be sensitive and, and prepared to what the Holy Spirit was saying to him in every moment. That's why he would go off by himself and pray. That's why he was so intentional with his time. He would minister to the multitudes and then the multitudes would leave and then he'd have to go back and speak to his father because he knew that he had to stay sensitive because he was on a mission. And so he still had to learn how to walk by faith and how to hear God. And in this specific case, Jesus has a word of knowledge for this woman. He has a word that gets her attention about her specific life that probably he had no clue unless he was hearing from God. Now, do you have to have a prophetic word for somebody while you're sharing the gospel with them? Absolutely not. You don't have to. But is it a possibility? Absolutely. Absolutely. I believe it is. If you are, if you are sensitive to what God is saying, like you know that you are on every day. You're, I mean, Jesus was just having a drink of water. How many of you guys know that's nothing sensational? Like that's, I, I've been drinking some water while I'm up here, and that's like not miraculous. Uh, he, he was just thirsty. He was just tired. But yet he was caring enough to know that chances are this woman needs to hear something from God. And secondly, he was sensitive enough, sensitive enough to know that just because he was drinking some water doesn't mean that God cannot move there. Sensitive enough to know that he heard God and he gave her a specific word. Now, this is so important when sharing the gospel because not everybody is the same. I mean, just because you shared specifically with this person in this place doesn't mean that that's the way it has to happen just because you saw some results there. I mean, Jesus didn't say, share the same way with everybody. With Nicodemus, the chapter before that, he shared with him differently. 
I mean, he was a leader, so he, he, he was on his level a little bit, and even above that to where he could speak to him differently. With the rich young ruler, he spoke to him differently. With the woman caught in adultery, Jesus spoke to her differently. With Zacchaeus, Jesus did things specifically, and I personally believe, uh, how the, the Spirit of God was leading him to do at that time. But the common denominator in all of this is that Jesus had conversations with all of these people. You know, Jesus didn't come in and just say, hey, you have to listen to what I have to say, so just sit down and be quiet. No, he engaged in conversations. There were different backgrounds. There were different details. And you might not know all of that, but you do have somebody inside of you who does. You have the Spirit of God who is inside of you, who is the same Spirit of God that formed this person you are talking with way before the foundations of the earth. He was already thinking of this person. That same God that loves that person lives inside of you, and you can hear him. Uh, when you allow God to lead, it's just more effective. It takes the pressure off of you. It's more effective for you, and it's also more effective for the other person. And I believe that as you grow in your relationship with Jesus, you begin to develop this familiarity of his voice, and you begin to know when God is prompting you. You begin to say, you know, the last time I was feeling this, God was telling me to do this, and I might not have done it. I knew I should have done it before. I knew I should have just obeyed the voice of God, but I didn't. And so God's going to give you another chance, and you're going to have that same thing, that prompting, and you're going to say, last time, this was God. I knew it was God. I didn't yield to it, but this time, I'm going to step out by faith. It, it, when, you share, when you share with people and you're being led by God, you're sharing the gospel, you're sharing what God has done for you, it takes faith. It takes faith because it is not so much about what you have to say, it is so much about what God has to download through you to that person. And so I remember uh, 10 years ago, I was in, I was in Bible school in, 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 in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, at that time I had a, I had a really nice truck. Uh, it was a Chevy 1500. It was just juiced up. It was really fun. It's like a single man's truck. The only thing I bought it that I didn't like is that it would waste a lot of gas. I think I had like 10 miles to the gallon. It was crazy. But at that time, I was going to Bible school. I had that truck. And I remember one specific time, I, I had to go just get gas. I mean, it's kind of like I can relate with this, the natural, the everyday thing. Jesus went to get some water. He was tired. Nothing big. I, I had to get gas just like every other week or maybe every other three days in my case because of my truck. I remember I pulled up to this gas station and I got ready to, to, to start to pump gas and just out of habit, I just looked uh, at the rest of the parking lot. You know, there's, there's some, some pumps here and then there's some pumps on the other side of the parking lot. And I noticed that there was one car on the other side. Didn't think much of it. I just uh, kind of glanced at somebody that was getting out of the car and the moment I looked away, I felt this prompting of the Holy Spirit to go to this person and specifically fill this person's car with gas and pay for it. And, uh, you know, anytime Jesus calls you to do something like that, you, you, you double check, right? I mean, that's the spiritual thing to do. You're like, uh, God, is this you? Like, Jesus, are you sure about this? You know, because... 
I can probably use that money for something else. Uh, I am a student, by the way, that's waiting tables while I'm trying to pay myself through college. And so, you know, I did, the, did that whole thing, and, 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 and I knew that it was God. And so I said, all right, give me boldness. And so I look up again, and when I look up, I see the guy. Now, if it was like a grandma or if it was like a nice-looking person, I would have been like, sure, let's do this. But it just happened to be this, um, maybe he was in his 30s, and he was just a rough-looking guy. He was just, I mean, he had long hair, like, like a, uh, I want to say like dreadlocks or something. He had tattoos. He had a cutoff. And let's just say that he, the, the, the look on his face was like, just leave me alone. Don't bother me. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? Just like, it's just, just everyday guy. He, you know, he's just minding his business. And, and I knew enough that when I see somebody like that, I don't, I don't try to, like, bother them. I don't try to, like, push anything on them. Like, mama didn't raise no fool. Like, I understand, like. <laughs> Uh, do your thing, I'll do my thing, and we'll get gas and leave. But the Holy Spirit's like, you got to go over there. And so <laughs> it's, across the, it's across the parking lot. And so while I'm going, I'm like, Lord, you better say something, Jesus. Like, he's looking at me because he, 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 he can tell that I'm, I'm the only other person in the, in the parking lot. He can tell I'm walking towards him. And so in my mind, I'm just battling, like, this guy thinks I'm going to try to go fight him or something, and he's going <laughs> to kick my butt. But... Whatever, blessed are those who are persecuted for the Lord. So whatever. So <laughs> I go to him and I get closer to him and, and I'm probably like from here to Pastor Bernie and I start talking, you know, because I know like I'm not going to get it within arm's length and then start talking. I said, hey, how you doing? I said something like that. I said, uh, my name's Daniel and uh, I go to this church. And, uh, and then right after I said that, I just felt boldness come on me. And I said, listen, I was just over there just a moment ago. And the Spirit of God spoke to me, and he told me to come and fill up your gas tank with gas. And I'll tell you what, I've never seen somebody's face change like the way I saw his face change. He had this, like, confused, hard, like, what do you want? What are you doing? Look on his face, and it almost changed, like, to a face of a little kid. I mean, his face just was so bright, and he was just like, and he said this so many times. He says, are you serious? Are you serious? I said, yeah. What I did not know, and he told me this, he said, you don't understand. He started to cry. This tough-looking guy, he says, you don't understand. I've been coming to this gas station every day to put in $2 in my gas tank so that I can get to work the next day. And you're telling me that you're going to fill up my gas tank? And I just... Did everything and I can I could to not cry at that moment because then I, I, I knew why that God sent me here. And I was able to bless this man. I was able to just do what God told me to do. And at that moment, again, being led by God, I didn't feel like I had to say, yeah, you got you to receive Jesus now. You know, it was a, a seed to be sown. And I told him while I did it, why I did it. And I told him that God loved him and God had a plan for him. And that was, that, that was that all I had to say. And I knew that I changed his life. Now, I have no idea what happened after that. I don't know what, where he is now, but I know that God got a hold of him that day. And you know what's amazing about that story is that he got his gas tank filled, and you know what? That, that gas was gone probably in a week and a half, two weeks, but that changed my life. That did something inside of me. You know, that, that grew my faith and that, that encouraged me. You know what? If you're bored, like if you're, you, you've been coming to church for a little bit and you're bored, you know what you have to do is you got to go tell somebody about Jesus. Yeah, 
You really do. Like, if you're like, you know, I, I kind of got the routine down, three songs offering, another song, and the preacher's going to come up, whatever. Uh, <laughs> you you kind of just like go into the motions. The, the thing to do, I, 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 I would say either get involved here, if you're already involved, get involved outside of the church. Do something for Jesus. Like, like honestly, like, Jesus, use me. Uh, do something through me. I want to be able to, 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 to bring something eternal to somebody else. And so that, that changed me forever. Uh, when you let God lead, it's always more effective. And you might not know at the moment what to say, but you, you, it's by faith. You take a step, you take another step, and as you take a step of faith, God's going to match you. I wish God would tell me everything all the time, but that's just not the way it works. The, the just shall live by faith. Here's the third thing. First thing is sharing is caring. The second thing is you got to be led by God. The third thing is share your story. Share your story. Uh, the woman at the well, John 4, 39, uh, it says, Many Samaritans from that town believed in him. Why? Because of the woman's testimony. That's why. And this is what she said. He told me all that I ever did. That's, that's all she said. Uh, so when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with him, and, they stay, and he stayed there two days, and many more believed because of his word. How is it? Why is it? What brought these people to Jesus and believing in faith? It is simply the woman's testimony. And you know what her testimony was? Like, it wasn't even profound. Like, I would probably put to test people's testimonies in here and say, like, that right there has got some weight compared to what she had to say. She just said, hey, uh, come check this out. This guy told me everything there is to know about me. And they're like, well, let's go. Let's check it out. You know, and so they, they got connected with Jesus. But it was just a simple testimony. This woman had an encounter with Jesus. She didn't understand the scriptures that pointed to Jesus. She didn't understand the, that he is the Messiah, he is the Christ. She didn't understand what he was about to do. All she understood is that this person is truth. This person brought satisfaction to me that these men could never bring and this natural water could never bring to me. This person did something in my spirit and because of that I have to say something. That is all it was. You, and you don't have to understand all this scripture. You don't have to understand all these answers and know, you know what to say when people ask you questions. Uh, the disciples were with Jesus three years with Jesus, and yet they were still clueless about what Jesus had to do. Jesus said, I'm going to go die, and Peter's like, no, you're not. And Jesus is like, get behind me, Satan. And, and they didn't understand. And so you don't, I really don't believe that you don't have to understand. I mean, we want to understand. We want to grow. We want to have, you know, knowledge and wisdom and understanding of the scriptures. But you don't have to wait for all of that to happen to share your story with somebody. If God touched your life, if God changed your heart, then you have a story to share. Now, in sharing your story, let me just give you a few pointers. In sharing your story, there are a few things to remember. And here's the first one. Don't exaggerate your past. I think it's a temptation to try to enhance your testimony so that you can kind of bring it, you know, and, and, and add power, so to speak. Like, for example, the story that I shared with the guy in the gas station, I've shared that a lot of times. 
I mean, it's an amazing story of, of, of how to be led by God and, and just sharing. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in there. I've shared that many times. And I'll tell you, I'll be vulnerable with you. Uh, there's been a temptation to make this guy a little bit bigger and scarier. There's been a temptation to, like, put muscles on his muscles and, like, he pulled out a knife and, like, it got crazy and we, we fought and then he received Jesus and he went home speaking in tongues. Like, I, I could try to do that, but it, it's like when you try to do that, you are literally taking the glory that belongs to God and bringing it to yourself. That's what's happening if you try to exaggerate your past. Uh, the other thing I want to say is that it, it's kind of just a branch of this is that when you tell your story, remember that it's not about you. It's about him. It's about him. Your story should point to his story. If your story doesn't point people to Jesus, her, this woman's testimony brought the people to Jesus and they stayed at, with Jesus. Jesus stayed with them for two days and they believed for themselves because this woman's testimony, it wasn't huge. It wasn't miraculous. It was that he had a word of knowledge for me, but yet that story pointed them to Jesus. It pointed them to what Jesus had to say. Um, you have to understand that you don't have to have this crazy story behind you to share it. Like, you don't have to say, like, man, well, I've never gotten shot before. I've never been to jail. I've never done anything crazy. I was actually kind of raised in the church. You know, you being raised in the church is still a testimony. It's still a testament for you to share with people. Like, you don't have to have that. The spirit of the businessman without Jesus is just as lost as the spirit of the criminal without Jesus. And the greatest, the miracle that needs to be shared is that Jesus saved you. The miracle that needs to be shared is that I was blind, but now I see. I was lost, but now I'm found. And I was not worthy. I, in my own self, I can never be righteous enough. But Jesus, in his love, loved me even knowing all the dumb things that I would do, died for me so that I can live in him. And so that I can go to heaven and have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Look at this power of this story. John 41, or 441, it says, And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, listen to this, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves. And we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. When your story is, is, is in line with what God is doing, when you understand that the name of Jesus doesn't have to be added to, and the name of Jesus all in itself, Pastor Bernie was talking about, has all the power that it, that it needs. And we don't have to try to add to that. We have to just understand that Jesus, the, the foolishness of the message, the foolishness of the gospel is power. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because the gospel is power unto salvation. The gospel in itself is powerful. If you have a story of hope, then others need to hear. I believe that there are people here tonight that have a story inside of them of how God saved their marriage that other people need to hear about. There are people here tonight of how God healed them from a, an incurable disease or from some report that the doctor said it wouldn't happen, but yet Jesus got a hold of you and you're healed tonight. I believe there are people here tonight that have a story of God's goodness and God's faithfulness 
that needs to go outside these four walls. And all you have to do is understand that Jesus is the one who brings the power. We are nothing but the vessels. One of the biggest opportunities and the times to share, I'm just going to close with this here, is, is when there is a time of need. Like, if, if you were to ask me, like, when is the right time to share the gospel? It's, it's, it's any time, really. I mean, doing everyday things, whether you're at work, whether you're at home, whether you are grocery shopping, there is always an opportunity to share what God has done with you. And it can be in many different ways. It doesn't have to mean that you're coming up to people and you're, you know, you're saying, give me your hands, let's pray. But you are able to just be a light to people. You're able to love people. You're able to be a salt to this earth. But one of the greatest opportunities that you just cannot allow to pass by is when there is need around you. Just two weeks ago, I was driving home after Sunday night service. And it must have been about 7.30. I'm driving home and I have to exit M6. And it's a busy part here. There's a lot of cars. And there's a car in front. I happened to be right behind him before, before it, you know, the line started to happen. And this guy is, uh, is stranded. And so I didn't think anything of it. I just got out, put my hazard lights, got out, and I helped him push the car off to the side. Well, uh, obviously there was a need. I, I, I saw that there was a need, and I, I, I thought about this. You know, like if we truly care about somebody, uh, you know, if we can do something, let's do something. If you can't do something, then at least pray, you know. I was able to do something. I end up helping this man push the car off to the side. And... Uh, I asked him, do you, do you know why your car's not working? He said, I think it's oil. I said, well, let's hop in my car. I, I can take you uh, uh, to get some oil. And so I take him to the gas station, get oil. We put the oil back in his car. Nothing happens. And uh, he, we tried other things. I said, listen, I can at least, let's put it off to the side. I can at least drive you home. While I'm driving him home, I'm thinking, he's in my car. He can't go anywhere if he wanted to. <laughs> he's depending on me to get him home. He knows that I care about him because I took my time. I called my wife and I said, honey, I'm going to be a little bit late. Here's, here's what's happening. She's like, go for it. Awesome. Like, tell me about it. And, and, and he's in my car. We're driving and, and I feel this prompting. I have to share the gospel with him. I have to. I have to. Like, I, I, there's a need here. And he's, I believe that it's just a, a good time when there's a need because People, I don't know if you've noticed, but even in your own life, when you go through hard times in your life, that's when you seek God the most. You know, really, we should be seeking God all the time, whether it's good or bad or whatever. But when it's bad, we really seek God. We're really open to what God has to say. And so we're driving, and, and, and we start doing small talk. We have a conversation. I'd like to know a little bit about him. And, and we exchange some information. And then I, I just asked him, I said, you go to church? I just felt like, you know, have you, have you ever gone to church? He said, I used to. And then he had asked me what I did. And I said, well, I work at a church. So that kind of like gave it away. And sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's bad because some people have had bad experiences with churches. But I was just trusting the Lord. We go and we're driving um, from like M6 and, and, and 68th Street all the way up to uh, Grand Rapids. And 
we finally get to his house. We had, we had talked. I told him, I shared it with him a little bit about what God has done in my life. And he was, you know, really eager about success. And I said, well, this is what true success is. And, and I told him about just the relationship and not just, you know, trying to do these, these works and, and, and checking off these lists and these things on your list to be right with God. But that God's going to love you because of Jesus. And you can do nothing to, to, to make God love you more and nothing to let God uh, love you less. And, and he was just, I can see that he was tracking with me we we park at the end of, uh, outside of his house and outside of his house I asked him if I could pray with him and outside of his house I asked him if he would like to receive Jesus he received Jesus in my car as a result of me just helping him push his car out of the way because he was just a little eager <laughs> just amazing amazing it, it, it just took caring being led by God and sharing my story that's all it was his name's Dennis He's in his late 30s. He's originally from L.A., where he's living in Grand Rapids, had dealt with a lot of anxiety and some issues in his family, and he was just ready. He was just ready. You can feel it when somebody's ready to receive Jesus Christ. And don't let that opportunity pass you by, because I don't know who Dennis is going to impact. At the very least, he's going to impact his family, and if that's all, that's enough. That's enough. If God can grab a, get a hold of a family, he can do some amazing things in this place. God is so good, and it, it, just to wrap up with Dennis, uh, I invited him to church, and it, it was just really hard for him to come to church this, that, that, that next Sunday because he, you know, of his car situation, and he, he had thought about going to a church close to his house. He goes across the street. Somebody's moving. This is just, just a uh, week and a half ago, two weeks ago. Someone's moving, so he goes decides to help them out. I thought that was pretty amazing. He gets helped, and so he decides he's got to help somebody out, right? And finds out that it's an extended family member. They connect. They go to church. They said, you got to come to church with us. And obviously he's like, yes. He goes to church with them. He, and we're on the phone. We're talking. I'm still in touch with him. And he says, I went up to the altar, committed my life to Jesus publicly. I got baptized that day. And I got filled with the Holy Spirit that day. Why? Why? Just because I decided to just put pause and listen to Jesus and because we care about people. Uh, I want to I pray with you tonight. I hope that you're stirred up and I hope that you're just reminded of what the importance of why we're here tonight and what, why we're seeking God and why we're growing in Christ. It is all to point back to number one, and that is to spread the gospel. You have something inside of you. It doesn't have to be crazy big. It doesn't have to be something that people are going to say, wow. It just has to be that God is involved. That's it. I believe that that God is stirring us up tonight. And I want to pray for you. Just right there where you are, just by faith, just receive this prayer. Father, I thank you for tonight. I thank you that the foolishness of the gospel of Jesus Christ is the reason we're here tonight. I pray for a spirit of boldness over everybody here tonight. I pray that you would stir up hearts, that you would wake us up, God, that you would open our eyes and give us perspective that we wouldn't see these opportunities as setbacks and as inconveniences, but we would see these needs and these people around us the way you see them. Like a sheep without a shepherd, like a soul that's eternal destination is hell and not heaven. God, give us a burden to share like Jesus, to be on a mission, 
to have to go through different places, not because it's the quickest way or the right way, but because it's, there's an appointment there. God, I pray that we would hear your voice. I pray, Jesus, that as we are expecting to be used by you, as we are sensitive to you, God, that, that we would be ready and that there would be a spirit of faith in operation to take a step and to trust you and to allow you to do what you do best, and that is to bring life to where there's death, to bring wholeness where there's brokenness, to bring healing where there's sickness. Jesus, we are your hands and feet. May you anoint us for such a time as this. Now, if there's anybody in this place, I mean, you've heard that there is a plan to reach you. If you don't know Jesus Christ, the reason there's a plan is not for manipulation. The reason there's a plan is because it's so important. If there's anybody here tonight that says, I want that. I want to receive Jesus Christ. I want to surrender my life just like Dennis did just two weeks ago. I no longer want to live for myself, but I want to live for God. If there's anybody in this place, would you just shoot your hand straight up? Just shoot it up so that, so that I can just acknowledge you. God bless you. Is there anybody else? I just want to acknowledge you. God bless you. I see you. I says, pray for me. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I want to give my life to him. Anybody else? This is what it's all about right here. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray a prayer because the Bible says that if you believe in your heart that Jesus was the Christ and he was raised from the dead and you confess with your mouth that he is the Lord and Savior, that you will be saved, that you will have an eternal destination in heaven. Not only that, but while you're on earth, God will be with you. So if that's you, you raise your hand. We're going to say a prayer, and I'm going to invite everybody else to say this prayer with us out loud. Let's say, oh God, I come to you just as I am. I give you my heart. I give you my brokenness. I give you my weaknesses. I give you my desires. I give it all to you. I surrender my life to you. And I believe that you are the Christ. And I confess you as my Lord. I accept you as my Savior. Come rule and reign in me. And from this day forward, I will live for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much.